Hello and welcome to We Came From The 80s, the podcast where we talk about movies we thought were cool. I'm your host, Farron, and I'm joined today by Heather. There is no Heather, only CJ. So we should probably explain why it is you're not Heather anymore. Well, you, you were always Heather and you were always not. But as it turns out, you prefer CJ. I do. And it's a cool story, so you got to tell it. <laughs> okay, so my, my legal first name is that. Heather. Yeah. And because it's hard to say and it rhymes with so much <laughs> and I, it also doesn't fit my whole life i've gone by my middle name Catherine, which is also hard to say but if you get stuck on a c it's a lot more socially acceptable than getting stuck on an h <sighs> sound like a yeah. phone stalker yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like elementary junior high i was uh Catherine or some variation and then uh as I was, uh, air quotes, athlete and military, I used my last name for a lot of things. But one, one camp I was at, I was introducing myself and got stuck on my middle name. And the peanut gallery's like, yeah, yeah, okay, see, we get it, keep moving. And then I'm like, tried to say, no, no, just, just give me a minute. I, I can say my name, just give me a minute. Except I couldn't say just. So I got stuck on the J. And then they're like, fine, CJ, let's go. <laughs> and then we went and played. And and, and, and it became CJ. And now I, I have a name and a best friend. So well, there you go. So Well, so if I accidentally call you Heather, I think I will give you like a taser or like a cattle prod. So every time I say Heather, you can zap me. Eh, my, well, see, that's, that's the other problem. Then I joined the army. And then yeah. I went from there to a government job where they insist you use your legal name. So because I was coming from the army and because I was a good girl for some of my life they said no no you you can't be anything but your real name and i'm like okay and now i'm out of the army yeah and see that's how i met you and ramy and i we called you by your last, last name. name right <laughs> so it didn't matter then yeah and then so now i have this whole series of friends who didn't know me in junior high yeah who only knew me f from work as an adult and so the only people that use my legal first name are work and my mom so, although I kind of answer to it, you'd rather not. I'd rather not. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, if you if you if you use my first name, I'll still answer to it because work and my mom. Yeah. Well, the only reason I started calling you Heather, of course, is you know we lost track after you know I left the army, you went to another unit, yeah. and then we you added one of us added the other on Facebook, and of course it said Heather. So I've just gotten used to calling you Heather. So. Still, still working on it. So I said, every time yeah. I say Heather, you just zap me with a with a cattle prod, and we'll get that. So <laughs> we'll get there. But so speaking of names that have changed, initially we were going to talk about Agent X, but instead we'll talk about Cloak and Dagger, uh, which is a movie that came out in 1984, premiered in August. And the reason I don't have a date, like a specific date, is that it started on one date in limited release, and then it premiered in Canada. And then a week after that, it premiered in the States full open. Like, it had kind of a weird stumbling start to it. So this was directed by Richard Franklin. And it was written by Tom Holland. And, of course, we've encountered Tom Holland before. Not the... Uh, not Spider-Man. Not Spider-Man. Spider he was the writer and director of Fright Night, the horniest movie we've done on this podcast. Holy. Um, it was based on a story by... Uh, was it? Cornell Woolrich. And Nancy Dowd is listed in IMDb as uncredited, which usually means script doctor. mm and it's clear, like, we remember I mentioned at one point that one scene felt like it came from a different movie? Yeah. That, that I think, is what happens when, you're, when you, you so – they need the script fixed. They bring in a 
another screenwriter, and because they weren't part of the whole thing, they're called the script doctor. It's a Writers Guild of America thing. Sure. Um, it's sort of like the, I think it's after a certain amount of writers, everyone after that is considered a script doctor. That's why uh, Quentin Tarantino does not have a credit on the movie Crimson Tide, even though when you listen to it, it's very clearly his dialogue. Yeah. He's listed, because of the Writers Guild of America rules, he's listed as a script doctor. So often they're listed as uncredited, but IMDb knows that they were in it, so they list them and just say, uncredited. Well, of course, when we mean credit, it means literally their, their name is in the credits yeah. at the end of the film. Yeah. Fortunately, there's only a couple of writers on this one. Yeah. You know, it's actually, pretty con- it's actually reasonably well written. It's very simply written. It's a kid's film. Yeah. It's not complex. It's not snappy dialogue like Clue. It's it's a it's a workman it's workman's dialogue. It just it does what it needs to do. Yeah. And it's um, it's an eighties kids film too. There's nothing hidden in the back for the grown ups. You know, the first movie I can think of that ever did that was Aladdin, where it was very yeah. clear there was stuff there for older for, for the parents who were being dragged to see it. But yeah, this is not that. So it's starring Henry Thomas, who of course we know from E.T., and they make sure you know that in the in the trailer from yeah. the kid of from E.T. or whatever. Uh, he was also in Legends of the Fall. Did you ever see that? Like a mm, horse opera with no, uh, Brad bits, Brad bits Pitt, and yeah. it, it's about three brothers who fight over a woman and they go to war. That's, they filmed it in Calgary, actually. The wars, the war parts. Mm. And Henry Thomas is in. He plays the youngest of the three boys. He's one of these actors. He kind of. Like, he's super good-looking. Like, you could see why, like, in, in Legends of the Fall, they chose three very pretty male actors. Brad Pitt, Aiden, uh, Aiden Quinn, I think, and, and Henry Thomas. Very good-looking boys, all the, all the sons of um, Anthony Hopkins. It's, it's a good film. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's melodramatic as shit. But, and he played one of them. But he doesn't seem to have, like, he seems to have sort of petered off. I checked his IMDb. He's got a lot of credits, but nothing... Nothing huge, yeah. Nothing huge. He just sort of... He was a great kid at child actor, though. That was clear. Oh, yeah. He but, was really good. But he just he didn't keep growing, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, the way Zay DiCaprio grew into an adult, an excellent adult actor. Yeah. But uh, it was rated PG. Interestingly enough, we could not find the budget. You tried. I tried. We couldn't find the budget for this. But it made $9.7 million. Well, hopefully it wasn't $15 million. Yeah, the, yeah, the standard 80s yeah. thing. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, there's... What for special effects? There's the scene with Jack Flack getting shot that's a special effects sort of Ish. like it's the simplest one it's a transparency effect yeah. right and then the bleeding that's not a lot and then there's the there's the green screen at the end walking away from the explosion yeah. that's it that's, yeah it's you know they filmed it very clearly in real places i think we noticed the only thing that's very obviously a set was the the generic downtown street set they used in yeah. a few shots but other than that it was filmed in and around san antonio we know that the inside of the Alamo was a set because uh, I, I read up on this and they weren't allowed to film inside because it's a museum. Go figure. Yeah, you fair. Allowed, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I guess the reason they filmed it in San Antonio is that was Henry Thomas's hometown. And like we were saying before the film, <laughs> yeah. like, that makes a huge difference because suddenly you don't need to pay to house a, an, like a, what do you call it, a, a chaperone, which is always a parent anyway. Yeah. You don't have to put the two of them up in a hotel room and pay for tutors because on the days where he's not needed for filming or they don't need him to later in the day, they don't have to have a tutor. They just send him to school. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, it's go, super convenient. Go to school. Go, go home. Yeah, go yeah. home. And that, like, that, that saves. That's a lot of money saved. Yeah. It's clear they filmed in just real-world locations. There's nothing – there's no location where you can say, well, they really had to build that other than, again, the, the, uh, the Alamo. But that was one room and it wasn't especially – it probably took them a little bit of time. Well, that and I guess the, the, um, the house scene. Yeah. Like the, the scene in his room is where we notice like, wow, awesome, awesome wallpaper, but it looks like grandma decorated this room. Yeah. 
But uh, but then you had the, the best observation ever. There's nothing in the corner. There, there's nothing in the corners. There's yeah, because I I was comparing it to Goonies, which yeah. is like the best kids film ever. And the the difference was there's stuff in the background. There's chips on the table. There's you know the cat walking through. Um, it's a lived this in one, home. It was here's the set. Here's the actors. Set your lines. Yeah, and everything's like that was the cleanest goddamn room ever. Like I get it. His father's in the air force, but that's the you clean... still can. Yeah, but it's it's a like he plays with everything on his his dresser top. Where, but I said that the place looks like, with the exception of the wallpaper, it was it was decorated by grandma and decorated for grandma. It's the neatest place ever. I've never met a ten year old kid who had a room that clean. No, no, even even a clean ten year old's room. The stuff isn't nicely on the shelves. It's away. It's off the floor. Or it's pushed under the t- or, under, under the bed. Everything's under the bed because yeah. there, there's guests bins. coming over. Bins are a thing. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, this was very clearly a set. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that they didn't actually film it in a house somewhere. Because the outside of it was clearly filmed in front of someone's yeah. house. They didn't build a house. So it's it's hard to tell. But yeah, it's it's the difference between a good film, which this is, and a great film, which is usually like a Spielberg film. Like I, I remember I mentioned someone had... Someone I heard someone put it perfectly. You know that this is a Spielberg or Spielberg influence film because everything's dirty because it's a real house. There's, yeah. like you said, chips on the table and a cat in the corner and a stack of books here. It looks like someone lived here, and that gives a whole different feel. You know, it's like if you ever see a teen movie from the '90s, of which there are a zillion. Man, those rooms were clearly designed by someone who doesn't know what a teenage girl's room. Yeah, looks they've like. never met a teenager. Yeah, like the, these rooms are just. They're kind of a joke. It's like yeah. go go get a bunch of posters and put them up and whatever. And here, this this movie was sponsored by Atari. <laughs> like, Very clearly, like the posters, like the pole position, like his posters are all either shit that would have been awesome in a kids' room in like Victorian England. Yep, because they're like Napoleonic era soldiers in framed pictures. Yes, um, or they're Atari video game posters. No, like, nothing in between. Nothing in between. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny. Um, again, it's someone who's never met a ten-year-old who lived in the '80s. Very, very clearly. Uh, whereas you look at the actually Poltergeist is the best example, the most accurate kids' rooms I've ever seen. Yeah. Actual toys and Star Wars stuff on the wall. Now I get they couldn't use Star Wars because yeah licensing. Spielberg was able to because he's Spielberg and he's Lucas's buddy. So mm. Lucas goes, yeah, sure, go ahead. Here's here's some toys. It's, it's different. Yeah, yeah but it, it didn't look like a kid's room. But it's like I said, this is a good film, but it's not a great film because it lacks those details. It's like the difference between Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, which were very clearly, well, Luke actually, one was Lucas, one was Jim Henson. But those were lived in environments even though they were fantasy there was yeah. always something else you could see like look at that thing in the corner and look at that yeah, they did a little creepy thing in the swamp yeah yeah and, and, and it's only there for, for five seconds but it looks like a real it looks like there's an ecology to the place yeah as opposed to it, it's not sterile i guess is the word we're looking for yeah the, the kids room is sterile here but uh but eh, yeah. it, it tells a good story it's it does, i'm yeah. okay with it being not, not everything has to be at the lucas spielberg level no not everything can be yeah, <laughs> there's also that. So this movie was originally when it was being developed called Agent X, and they paid Atari to make the game. They were making it anyway. They called the game Agent X, and at somewhere during development, they t- they decided to change it to Cloak and Dagger, and the main character went from Agent X to Jack Flack. Though if you notice, they screwed up twice. I only caught the one in the trunk. Oh no, they oh because the first one's deliberate. That's right. Yeah, he yeah. says that's back when I was known as Agent X, which is a reference. That's the coolest thing ever. It's like a reference to an earlier draft of the script. But the 
uh, the video game only ever made it into arcades. The, they developed an Atari 5200 version, which you quote-unquote see in the movie, but it turns out they never got it finished. I'm sure there was footage, like the footage we see was probably from the Atari 5200 version, yeah. but it was probably like a VHS tape version. Like they never produced a cartridge. Right. So the, so the, so the Cloak & Dagger cartridge you see throughout the game, or throughout the movie, was literally other games with a sticker put on top of it. Yeah. Though we noticed that with the box, right? <laughs> the it was box the, was terrible. Yeah, the, it's the Atari 5200 box, which were silver, and they literally put... The sticker over it, and it was it was the wrong shade of silver. It was a peel and stick white label. Yeah, it was pretty funny, but uh, you know it is what it is. And, and look, did you notice that when you were a kid? No, no, neither did I. We're noticing details that a kid would not notice today. By the way, this is this totally works today. I think. Oh yeah. I mean, the technology is a little off. Why don't these kids have cell phones? But other than that, like I think you could probably show it to your boy, who's what, ten now. Yeah, he'd follow it. Yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's there's no. There's like you said, there's no second layer. It is, it is what it is. Yep. But man, does it screw with your expectations of always trust old people and, you know. But it's yeah, I love it's, it. it. It's it's pretty cool. So let's go through it, see what we see, and yeah. do you want to tell me about the first time you saw it? Oh, good point. Um, I have no freaking clue. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I didn't see it in theaters. I'm pretty sure this would have been a super channel or VHS, my sort of default. Uh, fair. But you mentioned you thought I'm sure I saw this in theaters, like Cheap Tuesday or something, and I'm. I'm really curious what it was competing with because I don't think my parents were with me. So I, I wonder if they like brought us all and then took the little guy Let's to a out. different one. Um, okay, so it was competing with Ghostbusters. No mm. wonder it didn't make a lot of money. No shit. Um, Purple Rain, which uh, no kid uh, that would have been it. Yeah. Um, Red Dawn. Nope. No way you would have taken a kid to see that. Tightrope, which is a, a Clint Eastwood movie. So no. No. Jesus, the Karate Kid. Okay. Revenge of the Nerds, Gremlins, Jesus, Temple of Doom, <gasps> Last Starfighter, The Woman in summer. Red, Woman in Red, which is a goofy film but very good with Carolee LeBrock, um, Bachelor Party, No, Never Ending Story, Cloak and Dagger, Never Ending Story, Scarred Mupp- for Life, Muppets man. Take Manhattan, Dreamscape, it's a Dennis Quaid movie, it's very good, Conan the Destroyer, that was just garbage, nice. uh, Sheena, we did the trailer for that, we I did. think, yeah. Actually, no, that was in the action episode we, we killed because it was a bad episode. Oh, did we? Yeah. Because I enjoyed making fun of Sheena. Best Defense, that's a bad film. That's the second film with Dudley Moore that summer, also Lady in Red. Uh, the Joy of Sex, probably, probably you didn't see Unlikely. that. Unlikely. Oxford Blues, nah. good movie. That, that's a Rob Lowe college film. It's just after the Brat oh. Pack era. Um, Meatballs Part 2, Cheech and Chong, The Corsican Brothers. I remember Certainly seeing not. <laughs> I, I saw that on, that was definitely a Super Channel thing. Oh, what else? The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai. Oh, God, we got to do that. Do we? Or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bolero. That was the most embarrassing romance ever. Flashpoint, I don't remember. I do remember CHUD. It's about oh, mutant. Oh, that's uh, some kind of mutant Yeah, radioactive thing. mutants yeah. From, from the sewers. It's a bad film. Oh, yeah, but it's funny. It, it, yeah, but it's not... I, it's I'm not like, even that good. I, okay. I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't think it's worth yeah. doing. So um, maybe he was just at camp or something. Pause while we rewind. Uh, there's a good example. We're not actually rewinding because it's 2023. Yeah, that's yeah. You were saying that all yeah. the way through. Well, because all the way through they kept referring to the cartridge as a tape. It's not a tape, but everything in the 70s, 60, or the 60s it's and the 70s would have been cassette. Hmm? Tape or cassette. I think they were whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been like. But nobody knew the word cartridge. Yeah. Except kids, yeah, and the and the um, 
the cop calls it a cartridge because he would have known about it because they talked about smuggling in kids' video game cartridges. He would have had to know the actual technical He's term. done research. He's yeah. done research, but everyone else calls it a tape. Why? Because what was the music medium? It was cassettes, and before that, 8-track tape. And, of course, a cassette is tape anyway. Oh, you're right. Did yeah, you yeah. tape it? Yeah. Yeah. We still get that. If you watch any of these kooks from the convoy or any other Q-nut nutball, what do they say? Don't worry, I'm taping it. <laughs> but they're not. And we're not rewinding it. But we. But it's just it's the terminology. Yeah. Terminology sticks, you know. So, okay, now we're here. So when you saw it as a kid, before we get into that, do you, did you like it? Yeah, I did. It's funny because you said you didn't mostly remember it until we watched it. This until time. we watched it. I, re- I remember it being cheesy as heck, but really mm. enjoying it. Um, Do you think it's cheesy now? Do you, is it cheesy oh, as you remember? Heck yeah. It yeah. was amazing. I loved it. You know, it's funny because I don't think it's that cheesy. I, I, maybe it's just me. I, I, I find it's just, it's a kid's film. Like, there's very little that's unrealistic. Like, we, we pointed out, like, yeah, that, that, that's not going to happen. It was very tropey, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a 80s kid's film. We're down to the the dead yeah. parent. Like they're literally checking boxes as they go. Yeah, the 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 the, the, the deceased parent, the kid on his own. None of the parent, none of the adults believe him. Divorced neighbor. Uh, divorced neighbor. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. All these eighties tropes. Like I said, there was a. It's become a running joke. Like there was some psycho going around and killing only one parent in each family. Uh, it, it's just it's devastating. It's I, li- kind of funny. I, I liked your uh, Terminator theory. Yeah, yeah, all the all the all the uh, all the dead cops from the Terminator police uh, shootout. That's what happened yeah. to all these parents. That's where all the parents and are. all these other movies. So we we should mention it. It stars. Yeah, it stars again. Henry Thomas. We got we got we got uh, yeah we got diverted. we got a little distracted. Dabney Coleman plays two parts. He plays the dad and Jack Flack. And I love it that we don't realize Dad is the same character until almost twenty minutes into the film. It's the same actor. Rather. Yeah. Christina Nigra, she played the little girl who didn't oh. seem to go anywhere. It's too bad. Um, she was adorable. She was, yeah, but you know, I think some, like we said, some kids just they don't want to yeah, act. Maybe she just I mean, didn't want to. The kid who played uh, Newt in Aliens, that's her only film. She's an elementary teacher currently in in um, California, so good for her, you know. Yeah. But uh, so let's go through it and see what we see. So it starts off with. I'm not sure what it actually is, but it's made to look like a Soviet embassy. Two Russian guards talking. And remember, I, I said at first, oh, I think I downloaded a version that didn't have <laughs> subtitles. But it turns out, no, there are no subtitles in here. Because if Davy and the girl, what's her name, Kim, don't know Russian, then why would we? Yeah, the whole thing is from Davy's viewpoint. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's why we notice the problems when they, mm, yeah. w- when they miss that. So they're talking among themselves, and one of them walks off on patrol and then gets nailed by someone parachuting in. Big red, white, and blue American flag parachute, which is so stealthy, it's unbelievable. And so he beats up the guard, comes out from under the parachute, and he's in this weird leather, how do we put it? He's in a leather secret agent outfit. Is that the only way you can really put that? I mean, it's... 100%. Yeah, it's Dabney Coleman, right? And it's kind of neat because he hits a button in the... uh, Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, the parachute zips up back into his coat. Retracts into his the back yeah. of his jacket. That's it's not amazing. the way it works, but okay. It's secret agent shit. It does shit. when you're a 10-year-old Doing kid. secret agent, yeah. By the way, I looked it up. I was curious. if the, Because obviously we see the Muse. I think those were D10s or D20s? 12s. D12s, is that what he's rolling? Yeah. I assume then that it must be an actual role-playing game that they were using. I looked it up. In the early 80s, the closest would have been GURPS, Generic Universal Role-Playing System. Mm. 
That's so whatever it was, it was the uh, the nerd in the uh, game shop who was making the scenario for them. Oh yeah, very clearly he um, was he was he, running it for it, them. Well, he said that because you know, give me give me I want to throw something. What does he say? Give me time. I want to throw something really challenging at yeah. you. So they just made it up is what it comes down to. There was no spy, at least as far as I could see on like Wikipedia, there was no spy tabletop RPG in this era. I mean, now there's 50 of them. Yeah. But at the time there wasn't. Well, they tried to think. Yeah. Herbs. So the other guard comes back and Jack Flack is standing there. They speak in Russian. He zaps him with a, uh, cigarette, a, 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 yeah, cigarette, Shot a dart into the guy's yeah, neck, knockout dart. Yeah. And then they go to the, they go and he, you know, he intercepts, uh, there's this, obviously this diplomatic limousine coming up. And remember I noticed it's the, um, it's the Iranian flag and the guy who gets out is dressed like an Arab sheik. <laughs> Not a Persian. <laughs> yeah. An Iranian, they're Persians. If, yeah, I don't think that probably went down well when this movie showed in Iran. Actually, it wouldn't have shown in Iran. It was the early eighties. Um, just yeah. after the Islamic Revolution. Probably but, didn't show. But any Iranian... in the middle of the prairies in the 80s? No clue. Yeah. And I would... Well, it's from the Middle East. Don't they all dress like Arab sheiks? Probably not the Persians. Not so much. Yeah, an, an Iranian would have looked at this and go, fuck that. Or they would have said it in Persian, I guess. But yeah. yeah. And then the woman gets out, and of course, she's she's exactly what a woman should look like in a in a spy thriller from the 80s. She's sexy and whatever. Yeah. And then the, the fat general dude gets out, and he's got a... <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, a briefcase that he handcuffs to him. He waits till he gets out of the car to do it. Are you it. with me on the cheese yet? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Jack Flack, of course, has a buzzsaw attached to his wristwatch. Holy shit, don't bend your wrist or your... Go-go gadget, man. Yeah, go-go gadget. He he takes away the uh, briefcase. the briefcase. Sorry, my brain is elsewhere. Beats up the guard, kills the Iranian Arab sheik, uh, the woman shoots at him. He deflects it with his bulletproof beret, but there's no blood because it's for a, it's a 10-year-old's game. So there's just a red dot on her chest, and yeah. she falls, and he's a gentleman about it and helps her to the ground and covers the bullet with her arms. And he runs away. He gets caught behind a gate, and then two massive dice come at him, and he's suddenly whoa, lifted out of the way. And then we zoom out, and we realize <laughs> it's two kids playing on a set that was made out of cardboard. I got to tell you, that was freaking cool. That was amazing. It was super, super cool. And we realized it's this 10-year-old boy, Davey, and, his, and a girl, Kim, playing this game at a table with their dungeon master, played by William Forsythe, who's got... How do you know he's a nerd? Well, he's got the thickest glass lenses I have ever seen. That must have been genuinely painful for the actor to wear. Like, he probably couldn't see at the end of the day. I bet you that those came off the minute they said, Oh, yeah. With he, tape. Yeah, with tape. Of course there's tape. These nerds always have tape on their glasses. Didn't you know that? Aren't you a nerd? I have had tape on my glasses. I never have. He, he's a nerd. He's got, he's got glasses on. And he's working on programming in an Atari 5200. I don't recall whether the Atari 5200 had programming capabilities. The 2600 did not. He had a... I think he's... Because he's got a keyboard. He's, he's building a game. But I don't know if you could program on the 5200 itself. I don't remember. Okay, now I had I a 2600. I, I don't... I, I had, a, I had a Vic twenty I could program. Yeah, but that that's was a Commodore. Not the same. That's a Commodore. Okay, so it it didn't have a keyboard. It had a keypad, ah. which I think was meant to uh, compete with the Intellivision. Remember, it had a keypad, and you put a, sl- a a template over top, and it would have different buttons. Like you know, this button would be left, this button would be right. The Vic twenty was. I think the Commodore sixty four was meant to be the more user friendly one. <laughs> Vic twenty was the cheap version of the same shit. Oh, there you go. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah, it's yeah. So it's uh, I could I could make it beep in like 20, 20 lines of code. 
Uh, you know, I, I tried with the Commodore 64, but it was such a piece of shit. I never really got it to work properly. Oh. And uh, then I got a PC a couple years later, and I never went back. Basic. Yeah, Basic was the... Oh, I used to program in Basic. I had a whole. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. I had a whole sets of menus using batch files because nice. I, I couldn't. I couldn't teach my sister how to go into this directory and type this exe. And if you don't know which one you're looking for, just type dir. And yeah. so I created every time a new game would come up, I created batch file, and they all came back to another batch file that was literally l dot bat. So my sister could hit l and enter, and it would give you a displayed menu. You're a very good brother. I got sick of mostly. I just didn't like dealing with my sister, and this was an easy way not to have to deal with her. Okay. So I just made fun of mine until yeah. I figured it out. And it would just be a menu, and so I'd have to edit the menu, like the L bat, L dot bat, yeah. and it would say, you know, one scorched earth, and then it would be dot 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 scorch. So she knew she had to type in scorch and enter, and it would load scorch. And when it was done, the batch file would take you back and redisplay nice. the menu. That's it was really a good. whole menu system I had until Windows ninety five came out. And went thank. Fucking God. Now I you don't have to a, do it yourself. I put a shortcut on the screen. Click but, that. But that's how I made the system accessible to my sister. Um, <laughs> we, we had cassettes with timestamps written in them. In the little... Oh, man. We weren't, uh, we uh, we didn't have those. Yeah, so I, I had a 64 yeah. and it had a, a disk drive. I got it from my bar mitzvah in summer of 88. But we had a shitty, like, we didn't have a monitor, which were TVs back then. It was really, the Commodore yeah, 64 was, it it was just, so I had the shitty black and white TV that we used to use on my Atari 2600. But it never worked right, and it's like, oh, fuck this. And so we went to a PC in, uh, in um, anyway, does anyone care about this? We're talking, what were we talking we about? We should oh, probably cut movie. this all out. Actually, we should, probably shouldn't visit this. Yeah, because it's, it's just us being more nerds. nerdy than we need to be. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the nerd in the, movie, in the game is obviously their dungeon master. And he sends them on a secret mission to Textronics to get their latest video game catalog. Now, to be clear, in the 80s, Texas Instruments was an up-and-comer in computers. Yeah. Like, when I was in high school in the 90s, the TI-80, TI-81? Yeah. Calculator. The calculator unit was a graphing calculator. They're up to the TI-84. Are they? That's all Texas Instruments makes now are graphing calculators for high school students. That's the only people who use them. Well, I'm sure they use them in university too, but it was a big deal. Like you could rent one for a year, like, or for this, or for some, mm. I was a full year school or, you know, they would have like a, a class sets of them. You could take one out yeah. or whatever, but the, the rich kids had their own TI-80. And, you know, these days you can freaking play Doom on those things. But, but Texas Instruments was like, they had computers. They were competing with IBM. And Tandy, which was an IBM compatible, yeah. what we now would just call a PC. And there was Commodore, and there was Texas Instruments. So believe it or not, Texas, mostly Austin, was a hub for technology. So the idea that a game company would be existing in Texas seemed perfectly reasonable Absolutely. when they invented this game. So yeah. Textronics, he sends them to pick up their new video game catalog, and uh, Twinkie. And Twinkies. Yeah, but he yeah. sets it up like a mission. And you know, one thing you start to even realize at this point is that Davey is not just into spy RPGs, like he's kind of in over his head on it. Like he talks about having a gun. He's got a squirt gun with him, which yeah. in the eighties wouldn't get you shot. You know, he's loads his gun with a, it looked like just red ink. It was, yeah, um, it was eighties generic blood juice. Yeah. And then his hand grenade was literally his softball. It wasn't even a baseball, it was a softball. softball yeah. And even like Kim's going, this is embarrassing. You're not going to embarrass me. Are you? And he, you know, he, when he calls her over the radio, it's, you know, this is Jack Flack to lady or lady J. Lady J. Lady J. Um, and he's like, this is embarrassing. Like she, she you know, but as, as she points out later, he's the only boy in the, in the neighborhood who isn't boring. Yeah. <laughs> so they, off they go, they hop on a bus because they've got they their bus. They the walkie talkies. That's right. The they, GM. they take their, they take their walkie talkies. He takes his Jack Flack 
uh, figurine with him. Yep. And we do get to see little bits of the video game Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Which, if, if you type in Cloak and using the ampersand Dagger emulator, you can find a link to play it in your browser, which I sent you. We yep. haven't had a chance to play it, but mm. it looks like a fun little game. I wouldn't mind I, I wouldn't mind Atari putting it out for sale on... Um, they've got that Atari 50 game. I wonder if it's in there. They oh, sell maybe. on Steam. I, okay, we got to find this out. This is going to be like the Atari... Atari fanboy episode. Holy shit, yes. Ah, it's in there! So I think I'm going to have to go buy this, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like today. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so if you go to Steam and you get the Atari 50 collection, it includes Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, Holy shit, I'm buying this system. Baron will have it faster than that actor took those glasses off. Pretty much. That's very cool. So anyway, these kids... <laughs> we should get back to the movie. This is this is totally like a... This is like yeah, the video we're, game we're nerd episode. Yeah, we're just enjoying being nerds right now. And you know what? I'm totally leaving all this in. Anyway, they head downtown, and we talked about this also. This is This is so 80s. It was perfectly reasonable... For a kid in the 80s, if they had a bus pass, to say, Mom, I'm going to the mall. Okay. Remember the yeah. standard rule? When do you come home? When the lights come on. When the lights come on. When the street lights come on. These two kids hop in. They're, they're hanging out at the mall, which is where... I don't remember the name of the store. is the game store. The cheap version of Century Box, which we're going to yeah. when we finish recording this. <laughs> uh, we're, we're not <laughs> nerds at all. And then they go downtown, like right downtown San Antonio. And I have no idea how big San Antonio is. I, uh, no clue. I, I don't think it's that big of a city, but whatever. Mm-hmm. The fact is these two get on this bus, no questions asked. No one thinks boo about it because this is the 80s. Yeah. Kids just... We used to. Yeah. As long but, as we were with one of the big kids, we could go anywhere. Well, and big kids, that would be like, what, a 13-year-old? 15. Teen- okay. Teenagers. See, when I was this age, I could have walked down... I was walking to Lake Sokomi, which is through Fish Creek provincial park which is in the middle of the city it's a forest in the middle of calgary yeah it wasn't a big deal like my mother asked once like don't you aren't you a little scared like no it's no in the middle of the day i'm i've never once encountered anyone that was a good half hour walk i'd walk to lake sokomi which was like a beach built in the it's a it's a fake beach built in the middle of a flood basin in the middle of alberta awesome but yeah after a while the, let me tell you the, the water was like the water in the river here Ew. like yeah like, at one point they actually drowned it, uh, drowned it they drained it and um because it was getting so bad, people didn't want to like, yeah. go in the water. It smells were, bad now. Well, yeah, you yeah. were afraid that maybe like they would come out with like fins or something, or gills, like it was that bad. Blinky. Um, yeah. <laughs> so these kids go downtown, and they go into this big office building. And again, she's really embarrassed because he's being all spy about it. They're about to get in the elevator, and these two guys, who are absolutely not the, the thugs in the movie, are waiting to get in the elevator, and Davey spots that one of them has a gun under his sports jacket. Right. Somebody should, like, make a PSA for these thugs, like... Yeah, button up you your... You keep getting busted by the handle of your gun showing under yeah. your jacket. Well, it's the standard shoulder holster that, let's be honest, cops still, still often use, carry. Yeah. So, yeah, they, he spots it, and he hides the... You know, he hides it, and anyway, Davey says, you know, we can't get in the elevator. They go up. He goes up the next elevator, and they split up. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Just in case Just, one of them is compromised. Yeah, and you it's, take it, the it, elevator. I'll take the, the stairs. stairs. I'm good because I'm not taking the stairs. Like it's because Davy is like you start to get the impression like Davy's a little into like he's a little too deep. Like what's going on here? Like this is a kid who maybe needs some counseling. Which we as it turns out, turns yes, out. he's wandering up the stairs, and he spots. Well, I guess what would you call it? These two thugs plus a third one beating up a guy in a lab coat. How do we know he's a scientist? Well, duh, he's wearing a lab coat. And glasses. And glasses. They beat him up. He escapes. There's some shooting. And like 
Two seconds later, this guy has gone around the building, which looks, I'm guessing is like a U-shaped building, because he's looking out a window across a courtyard into another window, and that's where he spots this whole... Yeah, so he's gone around and down. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the bleeding scientist, computer program or whatever. And actually, you know, it's actually not that far to imagine that devs in that time might have been asked to wear a white lab coat because those computers were pretty really sensitive. Really twitchy. Yeah. Really twitchy. Hands him a cloak, a, a, a Atari 5200 cloak and dagger cartridge. Or tape, as all the adults call it. Cassettes, whatever. Take this. Go. The thugs show up. They shoot him a bunch yeah. of times. They tell him the secret score, too. That's right. The secret, he gives him a number, and we're not sure what it is, but we assume it's One a score. One million. They shoot the guy and he falls down the uh, through down the stairwell. But don't worry, because at the last minute he exchanges himself for a dummy. It was so obviously Oh wow. It, it yeah. was like it was so obviously a stuffed dummy. It wasn't even like a mannequin. No, like a it was mannequin. just a stuffy. It was a stuffed clothing. Yeah. It was just so it's you like can always tell or something. Yeah, you can always tell when it's that. It was really yeah. funny. So he falls to the bottom of the stairs. They start shooting at the kid. He runs all the way down the stairs to the bottom, runs out screaming, help, help, help. Mm. Security guard comes, what's wrong? There's been a murder. Call the cops. And of course the the body's gone from the bottom of the stairs. I got to hand it to those thugs. They got down, it looked like, what, about eight stories? Well, Tektronic was on the seventh. That's right, seventh floor. Okay, so they hauled ass down six or seven floors, grabbed the body, and managed to haul it up out of sight in, what, about 15 seconds? Yeah, like, that's that was the worst snap I've ever done. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll patch it in. <laughs> I'll dub that in later. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm totally going to leave this in. In the meantime, everyone freaks out. We actually missed a bit where, actually, we've gotten ahead of ourselves here, where Kim actually goes into Textronics and gets the... Uh, okay, uh, Kim fulfills half the mission. Yeah, yeah. actually gets the uh, the uh, catalogs. And she's embarrassed because he keeps calling her on the radio, Lady J, Lady J. It's like, you're embarrassing me. Because she's not into this. I mean, she'll yeah. play the game, clearly. She's doing the mission, not goofing off in the stairwell. Yeah, but also she's embarrassed that it's a mission oh, yeah. and not just, I'm doing an errand for yeah. a friend. Yeah, you know, whatever. Um, so let's, let's move along here. Yeah, in the meantime, the next scene is pretty much the cops taking the kids home. And again, it's funny when the, like, the lieutenant says to the girl, you're okay to get home? Yeah, I've got a key. Okay. Again, well, totally 80s. Yeah, like, it's just, I had a key. Yeah, but it's just, it's kind of funny that, okay, officer will walk you to your door. No, it's you just... Good? Yeah. It's the 80s. It's, yeah. it's totally the 80s. So he knocks on the door, and Dad comes to the, you know, to answer the door. And this is where we discover that Dabney Coleman, the actor who plays Jack Flack, is in fact also Dad's... Like, it's Davy's dad. Yeah. I think that's super clever. 40-year-old me discovered it right now. You didn't realize it nope. as a kid? Not till the very end when, 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 the, when the kid can't tell which... Person yeah. is coming out of the flames. Right. That's well, when I figured it out. Well, because when of course I was the 10. silhouette at first is him with the beret, and yeah. then and it just th- turns out that his hair is messed up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they don't even do that well because it just cuts to the kid and it cuts back and it's the new silhouette. <laughs> um, I think I knew it as a kid that it was the same actor, but I don't think I. 
it's been so long, I don't know, but I, I recognize it, but I don't think I understood the significance of it, that secretly, subconsciously, Davy's hero isn't Jack Flack, it's, it's his, his dad. dad. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they're acted so differently. Like, Dabney Coleman's a hell of an actor. It's funny, the, the movie we were going to do two weeks ago before the snow dumped and you didn't come down was War Games. And Dabney He's Coleman's, in that too, yeah. Yes, he is. He plays the guy in charge of the Whopper. The War Organizational Processor. I, we still should do that one. I like that movie. It's an excellent film. Yeah. It's a truly excellent film. Uh, better than this one. I mean, this is a great film, but War well, Games is a kid's much... film. There's, there's more thought in the Yeah, other War Games thing. is a teen's film. It's not an adult thriller by any means. But Dabney Coleman is excellent in this, and he's playing two different roles here. Here he is, the 1980s kid's film father. Yep. Doesn't listen to his kid. Doesn't believe his kid. Wants his kid to grow up. This kid's 10 years old. Recently bereaved. Yeah, recently bereaved. Yeah, like I said, like everyone else. Um, And it's kind of funny because he goes upstairs. Davey is sent upstairs to go to his room, and he sits on the stairs with Jack Flack. Yep. Only he can see. We did miss that, that when when Davey was heading up the stairs before he saw the the shooting of the guy, that's the first time we see he speaks to Jack Flack in real life. Yeah. That Jack Flack is an imaginary friend who is materializing it before him. We missed that part. Anyway. Anyway. It happens again. He's sitting on the stairs because he's not gone to his room as he was told. He's sitting on the stairs listening to the cop talk to dad. Did anyone ever? Fair enough. And it's interesting. The cop says, like, he wouldn't give us anything more than his name, rank, and serial number for an hour. And the tougher we got, the tougher he got. Uh, I think that's really cool. Awesome. But you know what? It gives the kid... um, First off, the... The, the, the lieutenant, I think he makes the comment, man, if we were at war, I'd want him on my side. Like, but he, it's clear he respects the kid. He doesn't think, what a dumb fucking kid. Like, yeah. Oh, he likes was, the kid. Yeah. Like he actually, in a slightly better movie, there would have been more interaction between the cop. Because we don't see him until the end of the no. film again. Yeah. Uh, there would have been more interaction between the cop and Davey. Because the cop seems to respect the kid more than dad does. It's not that dad doesn't respect him. It's that he's dismissed him. Yeah. He keeps telling him to grow up. Like this kid is 10 years old. Stop playing those stupid games. Stop playing with those silly toys. Get your head out of the clouds. Like he's fucking 10. What do you want him to do? Get a job? Yeah. Like, you know, he's it's a little much. Yeah. You well, remind... Go ahead. Kind of blows my mind too that the one guy he could have told the truth to that would have believed him that knew about the smuggling ring mm. was this cop. And, and he wouldn't tell him anything because why? Because Jack Flack told, told him told him not anything. to. That's right. Because when the security guard drags him back or falls him back into the stairwell and says, where's the body? Jack Flack's in the corner saying, don't say anything. I'm pretty sure the security guard was in on it. It's, they don't it, actually say it. but No, it's, it's entirely possible. But at the same time, there is no body there and there's no blood. Because if it you doesn't fell, look that hard. Well, it's right there. But it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. I, I mean, it's a throwaway character, right? But yeah, yeah it's, it, it's kind of interesting that like... The 80s parent is the the wall of no. Yeah. No, you can't do this. No, you can't go here. No, I don't want to hear it. No, I don't believe you. No, 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 Grow no. up. Leave me alone. Yeah. They're like the 80s parent is an obstacle. Yes. Same in the never ending story. The dad is an obstacle. We haven't done never ending story. We got to do that. Haven't we? We haven't done it. Oh, dude. We got to do it. We have to. Like our whole generation is scarred for life from the never ending story. From, from, yeah. From the horse. Yeah, we're, that, I guess what we're going to do, we, we got to get you down for like a double one. We got to yeah, do yeah. war games in that. But we need yeah. to get the band back together. Yeah, well, Ramey's busy He's, yeah. in university, so cool. we'll yeah. do it over the summer. We'll get the band back together. We can even get, uh, but of course, if we're going to have Adam here, we got to have a stupid ass film to do. Oh, heck yeah. We're going to do Roadhouse if we can get all four of us. Patrick Swayze. Oh, nice. That takes place in the, he plays the um, bouncer in a bar called The Double Deuce. How ironic that is a movie about a, about a great big shit. Because that movie's just fucking awful. 
<laughs> but anyway, anyway. Um, back to Cloak and Dagger. So um, people are going to say, can I listen to the, Can I listen to you talk about the movie as opposed to video games and, and, and other movies? But it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. Anyway, Davey does some, at some point go back up to his room. And as I said, we, we talked about earlier, this looks like it was designed by someone who'd never encountered a 10-year-old who chose kick-ass wallpaper, and it was kick-ass wallpaper. Yeah. Space shuttles and astronauts. But then decorated the rest of the room for Grandma. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks like he's playing with his grandpa's stuff. Like, it's yeah, on... the toy soldiers. It's a pie, and he's not yeah, he's got, anything up. Yeah, he doesn't have a table to... Yeah. And that's fine. Not everyone has... Like, I had a desk as a kid. Um, I had a floor. I had a desk set. I was very lucky. Actually, we still have it. It's in my mother's room. She's using it. Cool. It's still there. I want it back at some point. But... Yeah, like, even the frame that the parents are in, is that you see the mom, who is now deceased, and the dad in his uniform. I'm guessing it was either the day of their marriage or taken after. That frame is, is a frame for your parents' room or the front room. It's not a frame for your You might have yoinked it, though. Possibly, I guess. But it's just, the room screams to me that it was designed by and for someone who had not been, in the, in the, had not been around a 10-year-old in a very long time. That room smells like old people. That is the very best way to put that. <laughs> that room smells like old people. Yeah. So the father tries to talk to him, but really he doesn't believe a goddamn word. He says, like, let's talk to Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. So obviously the kid is seeing a therapist. And he actually yeah. talks about that, that he's having some trouble and said, you still, you still talking to Jack Flack? He says, well, sometimes. Yeah. So I'm guessing things were worse. So, but you never, but that's the only hint you get that the kids was actually recovering. Because there's no other dialogue that says you were, you were doing so well, Davey. It's just that you talk to you talk to Jack Flack sometimes. That's code for yes. Well, yes, of course, but the hint being that at some point maybe Dad expected he wasn't talking to Jack Flack anymore. You know what I mean? Dad like, just learned to hide it. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Because this this kid's having some delusion yeah. issues. Like yeah. he's in some trouble. Yeah, he didn't um, get better. He learned to hide it. Yeah. Yeah. But but clearly, Dad thought there was some progress. Yeah. Fair. And he says, no, I got this cartridge. Here's proof that all the stuff I said was true. Let me play it. And he plays the first level. Again, it looks like a cool game. I'm looking forward to playing play that. that. Yeah. Five seconds after you after you drop me off after Sentry Box, I'm buying this game. In fact, I may do it before we head off to Sentry yeah. Box. And then he says, well, I don't understand. I, I mean, I played a whole level. How come it's not in there? And he says, enough of that. Turn off the computer. I'm taking all these games. And by the way, remember I noticed there was a real... He has a game called Blitzkrieg. That yeah. was a real game, a real... I mean, those war games in the 80s, those were serious grognard games. Like, yep. that's the term grognard, you know, the... Oh, yeah. You've, yeah. You know, for I'm our audience... Member, master, I know what a grognard yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. For those of us, for those of the audience who don't know what a grognard is, but these are people who think that Dungeons & Dragons is too kitty. Okay, these are for people who, who look at statistics and go, that's the wrong statistic for that rifle. Like, these are... Yeah, they're, they're the ultimate rules lawyers. Yeah, rules lawyers and war game nerds, and Blitzkrieg is for those people. Um, we can buy those games at Century Box. We're going later today. I'll pass. Yeah. This, this episode brought to you by Century Box. Actually, no, not really, but not actually, but, but damn know. close. And so, yeah. So, what it comes down to is this is the the no parent. It's it ends with no. I mean, the phone rings, and Davy answers. This is this David G. Whatever. Yeah. How does he know that? Because David dropped his quote unquote grenade, which is a softball, and it had his name on it, which was perfectly realistic. Because you got to put your name on everything. Put your name you on can. everything. Yeah, or or it gets lost at school. Gets or lost. you work where I work, or or you're in the army, or you work where I work. Yeah, that's true. Or, yeah. My yeah, our boots I still have names in them. Still so. put my name on everything. It's funny. I'm rewatching Mash, and at one point I noticed that uh, Pierce's boots had uh, writing in the inside. Like, the last three. Yep. yep. <laughs> anyway, you're like, is this David G? Whatever. Yes good and he calls him over dad it's the spies click 
this is the this was the first unrealistic bit. Here's someone who asked for the boy by name and then hung up. And dad says it's a wrong number. Well, clearly, no, it was not. But of course, he doesn't get a chance to say, dad, he asked for me by name. And again, dad is the, the no wall. Yeah. He keeps just shutting the kid down before he can say what it is. Yeah. Because a 30 second calm conversation would have made dad realize, shit, there's something going on. Well, David just said he asked who I was. That's right, which isn't true. Which because he asked, isn't exactly right. Yeah, because he said, is this... But to a 10-year-old... Yeah, it's, it's... But it's it's bad dialogue to hide an unrealism, I think. Yeah. This is what happens when some when, when the script doesn't quite come together. Right. It's an yeah, oopsie. Yeah. Anyway, the next day comes, dad is off to work. Dad is in the Air Force, by the way. And he just had the, the, the lecture the night before, like, yeah, I wanted to be a hero. That's why I joined the Air Force. But sometimes being a hero is taking out the trash and fixing a bicycle and doing boring things. Yeah. This scene we also notice is, I think it's the only scene where dad and Jack Flack are literally in the same scene. And he's talking to dad and Jack Flack is saying, don't tell him, don't, don't tell this turkey anything. He's no help. He's not going to help. He's a problem. Those must have been filmed quite separately, like weeks apart because they yeah. died. I'm not sure at this point whether Dabney Coleman actually had gray hair or not. I don't know about the age of the actor. I don't recall whether he had gray hair in his other films. He died it one way or the other. Yeah, because Jack Flack has brown hair. Dad has, he's graying at the temples. Yeah, Yeah, salt and pepper. Anyway, dad drives off. Davey contacts Kim, who says, leave me alone, I'm eating breakfast. The guys attack. Yep. Break through the window, which is made of candy glass. I still totally want to do that. Yeah. Go through the glass door. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But you could do that, but you're going to the hospital after because it's assuming you can get through the window. Because glass is not that weak, but it's... No, balsa wood and candy glass. I don't yeah. actually want to die. Well, it's like later on when the guy goes through the window of his, yeah. of his, of his windshield. If, you drive a, if you're driving a car with candy glass as the windshield, you're in some trouble. Like, <laughs> the, that, the first pebble that comes up isn't just bouncing off your window. It's going, it's going through the window and through you, and you're going to die. It's like someone shot you. Um, anyway, he makes a run for it. He makes it to the mall, to the game store. The, the game. The what's the guy's name in the, Morris? Morris, yeah, Morris. Morris, the guy who sent them on the mission to begin with, plays the game. Where's my Twinkies? Where's my Twinkies? He tries to explain him what's going on. Does he play right away? No, later he discovers it. What's his name? Isn't in the room when he discovers. The, no, because it takes a long time to get the score high right, enough. Right, right. That's right. Because he has to essentially complete the game. Yeah. But he uses a cheat. I caught that because <laughs> they show level thirty-two and it says you have skipped several levels. You must be so and so and so. People forget cheats are put in games so the developers can test later levels yeah. without having to play the whole thing <sighs> through. That's what cheat levels were designed for. Yep. So they forgot to remove that scene for this. So they used the cheat code to show them level 32 because yeah. they weren't going to express, they weren't going to custom code a screen for the movie. So they just gave them the cheat code to level 32. Yeah. And the programmers had put that in there, the clever thing in there. You must have played. So you must have skipped a few levels. You, or it's like, you skipped a few levels. You, you must, must know, be. Yeah. You must be something other than I lost track of what the rest of yeah. it said. So Morris is left to play with it. And then, that's right. Then Kim contacts him on the radio and says, I'm at your house. The bad guys intervene, said, let's have a trade at the Japanese gardens. Yep. And then he goes to the Japanese oh, he, gardens. Don't, don't, don't oh. forget he yoinks a... Right. Jack Flack reappears and says, you don't have to give him the, the original. Remember so-and-so mission? And, of course, there's a display of Atari 5200 boxes because Atari... Really sponsored re- this movie. I'm not sure whether there was money involved or whether they just were very happy to have the advertisement. Because yeah. remember, 84 was the year of the crash. 
they would have been happy for the visibility. Yeah. Because there's stacks of Atari 5200 cartridges, and that's where we noticed that the box... <laughs> I first had thought they had printed Cloak & Dagger boxes, but no, they took Atari 5200 boxes and put stickers over top of them, and we could tell that it was a different shade of... So you could still... It, it reflects. It's silver, yeah. but it's a different shade of silver because it wasn't made at the factory that printed the Atari boxes. It was made by the production company. It's a sticker. Yeah. Sa but same as the cartridge, right? They yeah. use other cartridges. Uh, and uh, put, other yeah. cartridges with um, stickers, yeah. Yeah, so he, swips it, he swaps it out. Because he's left Morris with the actual yeah. secret agent. And Morris agent. opened it up, too, and saw all the extra bits in there. That's right. That's yeah. right. So anyway, he, he takes a, another cartridge. He steals it, but he says, no, you're, you know, you're, was it your commandeering essential equipment for a mission? It's okay to steal. Yeah. The funny thing is he doesn't actually do the swap out or, like, take the cartridge out of the box until he gets to the Japanese garden. Yeah. That's the one of first or two times we notice, like, why did you wait until the last minute to do it? He goes to the um, the Japanese gardens. He meets one of the bad guys on the uh, the bridge. They do the swap. Girl gets away. He lunges. For, the bad guy lunges for the kid because, obviously, he can't let him live. No. Kid pulls out a gun. Don't move, turkey. Don't think of following us. And he shoots him with his, you know, it's like red dye. Yeah. The kids make a run for it. They get on the bus. The, the, the two bad guys, who all you know, the, the yep. two thugs from the from the building, who, who the ones who grabbed, who you know, who came through the house yep. and then grabbed Kim. Yep. yep. Mandatory chase scene yep. continues. It's not much of a chase scene. Like they yeah. get on the bus and then these two get in their van and they have just enough dialogue to say, I, "I'm I'm sorry, I didn't believe you. I'm sorry, I didn't think it's real." But let's be honest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The boy uh, who cried wolf. A yeah. more clever movie would have made the audience guess. Whether it was real or not, for longer, yeah, well, for until about the forty-minute yeah. mark. And you've, you've said it before in this podcast, um, like for the addition of two or three more lines, this would have been a better movie. Yeah, it's still a very good film. I highly oh, yeah. recommend this film. By the way, it's you can excellent. watch you can watch this on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Cool. Just type in cloak and ampersand and dagger yeah. full movie. It's there. You can rent it. But someone freaking posted the movie. Awesome. So you can, a lot of these older movies. That's where I found um, Raise the Titanic, which we want to do. No way. I didn't find it on like tor like a. I didn't mm. buy it off like Amazon or find it from a torrent. Yarr. It's freaking on YouTube. I just Sweet. downloaded it. Um, we got to do that film. It's really good. Anyway, they realize they're being followed by the thugs. There's a really funny scene that says, I, I got to get off the bus. Well, there's no stop here. In three blocks, you can get off. No, you don't understand. I'm going <laughs> to. All of cut, a sudden, they're off the bus. And they cut, yeah, they cut to him, you know, slamming on the brakes and, uh, and the kids running off. It's a very clever. It's a funny. I thought that was awesome. It's well edited. Yeah. The kids make a run for it. One of the bad guys is shooting at him with a silencer. Uh, it's the standard 1980s silencer sound effect. In the meantime, we go back to Morris, and he's playing the game, and he gets this warning, warning. Yeah, this is FBI encoded, the code. Yeah, yeah, and it's for the, the gets the score. Yeah, and it's for it's it's uh, images for the SR seventy one Blackbird, which by the way was a real plane. It was. I had the GI, the Cobra version of it, the cool. Raven. My mother spent all night putting that sucker together. It was you had to assemble it because it had retracting gear. I love remember that mother. one? And then it had the, remember the uh, that was the one where the. Um, the cockpit didn't raise up; it dropped down. And it was oh, the two. Remember, yeah. the two seats. That one was great. Yeah, and then and the, and the chairs came out so that you could say that it had, you know they had ejected, and the entire chair assembly for the two for the pilot yeah. and the co-pilot came out. And remember, it had the um, the little drone, not a drone, but like a a mini shuttle on the back. Uh, in the meantime, he realizes what he's got, and at that moment, the bad guys show up and kill him. Or we don't know he's killed. Well, him, we, we don't know that yet, but the but, bad guys show. Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, the boy and girl running around. There's a quick scene. 
where the boy hides. No, or she stays on the bus. Never mind. She yeah, stays the girls, on the bus. The girl stays on the bus. Right to go back to Morris. At the, at, right. He she he is being the hero here and leading them away. Leading them away. He hides. Essentially, a, a couple parents or a couple of adults tell him to screw off. He hops onto a riverboat ticket tour tour thingy. thingy, and man, I wouldn't I wouldn't dip my hand into that river with a rubber glove on. He like, had fifty cents. He well, yeah, both tickets fifty cents if you're eleven or under. Well, yeah, the kid probably had a few bucks on him. I mean, I didn't have a few bucks on me. Um, this guy, I mean, a master sergeant makes decent money in the air force, I would think. Like he's yeah. a he's a technician. I think. Uh, only child, yeah, I suppose. Only yeah, we only had, child. We probably... had to return bottles to get fifty cents. Also, let's be fair. You know, your your mom's dad here, kid. Go go do stuff. You go, go to the I mall. I have to hang... go to work. Here's here's yeah. ten. Here's five bucks. Leave me alone. I mean, let's be honest. Five bucks may have been his weekly allowance. Then he, yeah, because then he could he could yeah. visit he could visit the mall, That's hang out with, allowances. have lunch at the mall when he goes to visit Morris. Right. Right. Um, right. Also, he has some money on him because Morris gave him money to get the Twinkies that they never <gasps> that's got. That's right, Morris's cash. So, so it may be entirely possible that that's the money. Yeah, um, we are reading way more into this. Anyway, they sit down on the boat. the uh, The two bad guys are able to get on. They're sort of staring at him. One of them has a switchblade. Uh, he one bad guy says to the other, "Cause a distraction." First, the old couple spots him. The old lady. The old lady says, "Look at that kid. Obviously, there's something wrong here." In the meantime, the boy is sort of. They're sort of hopping seats so the boy won't be near the, the yeah. bad guy. And the grandparents grab him and put him between them and say, just hold still. This is where I said, remember, this This defies expectations. I'm not sure if I was ever explicitly told it as a kid, but I'm sure you might have been. Always trust old people. Stranger danger? Yeah, but yeah. you can always trust uh, someone always... who's trust a grandparent. No, they didn't. <clears throat> I, I just, I have it in my head that I was told that, not necessarily by my mother, but by someone. You can trust an old person. I know I was told you can trust Ask someone. Ask an adult for help. Yeah, but, certainly I was told you could trust someone in uniform. Yeah, in uniform, um, with children. I mean, it wasn't every old Yeah, it's, it, it depends who you but, were, I right? I mean, but, yeah, I would but, go to a grandma. Yeah, If, like if a, I was a, 10 and I needed help, I would go to a grandma. Especially because they look so sweet and so nice, and they're well-dressed, and they seem, they, like, they seem to listen to them. And, like, again, that's, for a kid who's 10 years yeah. old, thinks, look, they're helping him. And they call him dear. Yeah, it's... And man, do they fuck with you? Because like, spoiler alert, they're the bad guys. They're the yeah. spy. They're the Russian spies. There's this bit where, the, you know, the one guy screams, fire in the engine. There's panic. Yeah. The other guy tries to stab him. Davy jumps off the boat. We figure, okay, we're never going to see these old people again. And you expect that. So Davy runs off. He catches up with Kim at the store where they, they're pretty sure Morris is dead because there's like a bullet through the screen. And, yeah. and what I happens? I don't know if you noticed, but mm. he says to her, I'm, everything will be fine. Which is exactly what his dad says to him every time he doesn't know what to say. That's right. Yeah, I, you, you you pointed that out in the film. You're right. Like, it's like we said, he's, subconsciously, his hero is not Jack Flack. It's, no, his, it's dad. his dad. So then they head off to, where do they head off to? They head off to a building, and I forget why they go there. Is it the Tektronic building? Yeah, because all the, all the bad guys are there. Yeah, so they, they go into the basement, and I'm not sure... I honestly Why don't remember. Go there? I don't remember. We missed that. We were talking. But in any Sorry. case, they wind up. No, it is Tektronik because there's the sign on the wall mm -hmm. and it's from the Tektronik. Tektronik. At that point, we were making fun of the um, Cadillac. Yes, the, we were. The, the luxury boat with the massive leather seats. And I used to, like, my father owned a Lincoln, the same sort of shit. And I used to say, does this come with a captain's hat? It's pretty funny. So he hides in the trunk where they find dead Morris. They drive off because they're going to do the swap out between the. Yeah. The cartridge and. Because now they have the secret cartridge because they killed Morris for it. That's right. 
that's why they go there. They need to find where these guys are parked because they need to find out where the swap out is. Right. And the only way to do that is to go back to Tektronix and they're stealing. Because remember, one of the guys, one of the bad guys works at Tektronix. Because remember, the, um, the security guard recognized him. Yep. He says, no, there's no body here. There's nothing. What's up? I haven't seen a soul. Yeah. That's when we realized that it was an inside job. That one of the guys at Tektronix, that obviously Tektronix was actually dealing in secrets. Mm-hmm. And the guy who was shot was not in on it and was killed for it. Right. Here, take the cartridge. You know, or the, yeah. at least he doesn't say tape. Get this to uh, the FBI. Yeah. So they drive to the Alamo, and the kid's able to escape through the escape out of the trunk. It's whatever. It's standard yeah. stuff. One thing to note is they were able to film outside the Alamo, but not inside because it's a museum. I get it. Yeah, so they fair. rebuilt yeah. they rebuilt a the, the uh, Alamo foyer part the, the, the foyer yeah. part of it somewhere else. And and fine, whatever. Like I would be able to tell the difference at gunpoint. I've never been to San Antonio. I'll be honest, it's a nice looking city. I wouldn't mind visiting. Yeah, uh, should... it's yeah. Could go there. It's field trip. Uh, <laughs> we came from the eighties tour. Yeah, no kidding. Well, if we're gonna do that, um, do we have to go to the labyrinth and visit the Goblin King? Ooh. Well, the trick <laughs> is to listen to the worm. And then go the way. That's right. We can get right to the. Anyway, moving on. They bump into the old couple again. There's some confusion. One thing I noticed, I didn't notice, as this time I was looking for it, is that we hear the bad guys saying, "Well, I've got a camera case, and I swap it out, and all I know is that one of these guys has a, f- a few missing fingers." Yeah. Then we encounter the old couple. We notice. Or maybe you don't notice that the old man has a camera case on him, which he had on the boat. Yeah. And it's the same camera case that the bad guys have. And But if you're a kid, chances are I, you I don't notice that, right? Don't give a crap about camera cases. There's, he sees the bad guy set down the camera case, Davey. He grabs it and tries to run. A security guard catches him. The grandparents intercede and say, oh, he's our kid. I told him to grab that case. And then you notice that the kid doesn't have, or the, the grandpa doesn't have his case on anymore. Yeah. Grandma takes him to the car. We see Grandpa talking with the bad guy and swapping things over. And as a kid, it didn't even occur, occur to me that this was the handoff. Yeah. Because the old man gets back in and he says, you gave him the case. Why would you do that? And he says, oh, don't be so sure. Look inside. And, of course, he opens the case and the video game's in there. And he says, I swapped it out. Now, do you mind telling me why that did it? I just gave up my camera. I, as I a kid, it. I believed him. He's a fucking spy. I mean, but again, this is what happens. Like, in 1984, I was nine years old. I was this kid's age within a few months. Yeah, I was um, the same distance the other way. By the way, to know this, Henry Thomas was, in fact, this age. Do you know how hard it is to find a kid that age who can actually act? Uh, impossible. That's why teen movies, they're always they're in their 20s. 20, yeah. Because most teenagers can't act. This guy could. That's why Leonardo DiCaprio was such a notable teen uh, actor as a kid. Yes. He could actually act. Yes. Same with Henry Thomas. Yeah. Well, and like you said, that scene with the, both the dad and... and uh, Jack Black. Uh, Jack Black. Uh, yeah. in, this, in the same scene. Like, that's, that takes acting. That yeah. takes skills. The, the kid was he, able to, uh, yeah, yeah. to act. So anyway, they do the swap out, and then... This is where the big reveal oh, comes. Oh, this is awesome! Because the woman takes off her glove, and she's missing like three fingers. Such a clever little boy. Don't you think so, George? I wish we could take him to Mexico City with us. I made an arrangement with the rice. He's going to take care of him for us on the way to the airport. I don't like him, and I don't like his methods, and I don't like those two thug methods. It's very clear to him back there. We're very displeased with his whole mess. You won't dare make another mistake. Not if he wants to do business with us. I made that very clear. What time's our flight? Midnight. You better check out. I'm afraid we won't be able to use our dinner reservations. What a nuisance. Yeah. 
And he's listening to them plot his death. Yeah. And then from his point of view, the camera is Davy's point of view. We see her smother him with chloroform. Yep. That's a genuinely scary scene. Like, I, when I watched that two days ago, when I watched this in advance, I went, ooh, like, that's yeah. unnerving. And to a nine-year-old, mm. again, supplanting expectations. Grandpa and grandma are safe. Not these ones. Not these ones. Anyway, he wakes up in the trunk. Jack Flack is there, of course. And we realize he's actually in, he's actually in the bad guy's car again. Yeah, he's back in the trunk. Yeah. And he forces his way from the trunk into the back seat. There's a cutesy scene, which I've seen in a few movies, where essentially he steals the car. I'd like to say he hotwires it, but no. They leave the frickin' keys in the car while they go and tell their uh, their buddy, uh, who's been, for some reason, negotiating the price for two hours, let's go hurry him up. He sneaks into the front, he steals the car, there's a chase, blah, blah, blah. Um, they race down a road and remember this is the one street it, it looked like the generic yeah. street scene you've seen in first and main everywhere first and main everywhere it, you know what it looks like the, the sesame sesame street scene it's not their set obviously but it's that same sort of yeah. new york it's you know what it is it's new york side street it, yeah yep. I, I, some, i've seen it used in a number of star trek the original series episodes yep. at least once in next gen i've seen this in I saw a uh, I saw it used in an advertisement for Mash reruns. Yeah, it, it's got to be a set. I mean, it's Universal Studios, so it's a set there. You could probably visit this set. Oh yeah, um, I would like to crash a car down it. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because they do. They crash a car. It's funny because we notice they crash into uh, scaffolding, and then later on they filmed another scene that was very clearly in the same spot, but the, but the scaffolding, <laughs> the scaffolding was still up. Wasn't so they did the scout. So they did that scene first, where he gets on the bus, and then later they did the car stunt scene. Yep. So yeah, he escapes. He drives. At one point, he says Jack to Jack Flack, "How do I drive this car?" He says, "I don't know. It's a real car." Yeah. Which, it's it's actually one of the first hints. The illusion is starting to crack. The illusion is starting to crack. But you remember I noticed that we were talking, the, the further into the movie goes, the more Jack Flack seems less realistic. Yeah. Because he keeps talking about it. First, when he says, when you've been in the game as long as I have, that's a line we hear in spy movies all the time. Yeah. But he keeps referring to it as a game. Like, this is real. This is Cloak and Dagger. Isn't this what you want? You can't go straight to the objective. That's no fun. Like, yeah. more and more... Davy is starting to realize that Jack Flack is a game fantasy, yeah. and that comes out through the dialogue. That's clever. Yeah, that's really um, good. So he sort of run off. Calls that's his right. dad. Calls his dad in the phone booth, and this is the first time we notice they sort of break the immersion yeah. because when Davy looks and he sees the the van, the bad guy's van coming at him. Yeah. There's a shot where they're he and Jack Flack are fleeing to you know not get run over. And it's very clear that Jack Flack is holding him by the shoulders and propelling him. Yeah. And that shouldn't have been. No. Yeah, he shouldn't be able to pull him out of the phone. Yeah, because he's imaginary. Um, That's one one of two areas where Jack Flack is too real. Yeah. Actually, one of three. The the one before is when he's hiding in the trunk and Jack Flack, we see the trunk is closed and Jack Flack's leaning up against the pillar and the bad guys walk by him. And remember I said, Uh, we should not be able to see Jack Flack. When the line of vision got cut. Right. Because if Davy can't see what's going on outside, we shouldn't see Jack Flack. He may imagine Jack Flack doing that, but we shouldn't see it. It it, Again, it's more about, they didn't think to, we were thinking more deeply than they did when they filmed it. That's right. That's right. Where the second agent X mistake is too, though. That trunk scene. Yeah. Agent X, what do I do? The first one, he says, don't you remember back when I was known as Agent X, which I think I, I, think I mentioned at the beginning yeah, yeah. of the top of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, but this time, yeah, it, it looks like they simply forgot 
to update the script. Yep. Because remember, this was typewriter oh, days. Yeah. Either they forgot to update it or, and this would be something we're reading into this, he defaults to when he first met Jack As Flack Agent and called X. him Agent X. But we don't know because, no. like you say, for want of two or three lines, we don't know. Anyway, he makes a run for it. Um, this is the point where we realize that Kimmy's walkie-talkie has plastique in it. Also where his dad starts to believe him. Yeah. And wa- yeah, because he was on the phone with his dad and suddenly he's cut off. And the phone booth got run over. Yeah. yeah. Um, now we know we have an hour. We're on a timer. Yeah. And Kimmy says, well, I'll meet you at the airport. Yeah, at 11 o'clock, she's going to get on a bus and we could go on mm-hmm. and on. But we know that an 11-year-old, or sorry, an 8-year-old girl at 11 o'clock at night hopping on a bus, there's no way, no way. A- any bus driver says, oh, you're going to the airport, kid? You got, you know, you, with your little backpack? Hop on. Yeah, no, no way, way that happens. Streetlights are on. Yeah, no way that happens. Um, in the meantime, he's making a run for it. They're back on the river. I think they chose the river area because it's a place they could cordon off for filming. Mm-hmm. He's being chased by... Two of the guys, two or all three of the bad guys, actually. No, only two of them. Because the one who drove through the um, the phone booth crashes into a, a store and is thrown through the windshield and dies. And Davy grabs the. He's... No, he doesn't grab the gun. No. Jack Flack tries to get him to take the gun, and he won't because it's the second guy, the guy who shot in the back. Yeah. yeah. So he's being he's being chased. One of the bad guys says, "Let's get out the heavy artillery," and it's an Uzi with a silencer and. I grew up, to me as a kid, an Uzi was the, was the gun that Snake Eyes had. And they made the gun physically smaller than it would be, just so mm. it wouldn't look ridiculously big. But Uzis are, in fact, fairly large submachine guns. Yeah. They're not pistols. I knew, them, I knew them from A-Team. So they were... Yes. But I think they used Mac-10s. That's yeah. the little but, guy. Yeah. So, but st- again, still, this is bigger than yeah. I was expecting. Yeah, bigger. And, and with that silencer, that's quite the silencer. Yeah, I'm surprised that... Didn't throw off the aim. Oh, wait, it did. It did, yeah. Um, so th- they're sort of playing cat and mouse, and Jack Flag says to him, remember the, was it the crossfire gamut? D- yeah. Do that, which is literally, there. one guy is further ahead than, the guy with the pistol is further ahead than the guy with the Uzi. He gets between them and calls to the attention of the Uzi guy, hey, loser, can't you shoot straight? The guy walks his fire up behind the kid, the kid. and kills the other guy. Yeah. Jack Flack this time is able to convince Davy to take the gun. It's a silenced pistol and keeps on running. And at one point, this is another thing we caught. He runs and, and, you know, Jack Flack's saying, turn around, shoot him. Davy runs and he says, not down that way. It's, it's, it's a it's dead, a dead end. end. What it should have been is, don't you remember it's a dead end? Because Jack Flack shouldn't know anything Davy doesn't know. Well, that could just have been under pressure 10 year old. Yeah, I guess. subconscious talking yeah. to him. It's a conversation that you would have had among the writers. But yeah. anyway, he winds up, he gets to the dead end. dead end. The bad guy comes up, changes out magazines uh, and says, I'm going to torture you. I'm going to blow off your kneecaps. I'm going to shoot you in the in the stomach. It's like, asshole. Yeah. You know? And it's funny because he's already been lectured by his yeah. his spy handler. The old people. Don't be, don't be this thuggish. Yeah. And he's actually getting worse. So... Again, a better movie with another few lines. We would have learned that he's always been a problem. He's kind of a psycho. Why do we deal with him? But here's the thing. This guy works at a... Um, this guy is... Actually, no, never mind. I was about to say he only works with them once in a while. But these people, in fact, we learn later, are wanted by the FBI for transporting secrets over the border in cartridges. So Tektronix, clearly all this time, yeah. has been part of the, yeah, oh, yeah. the spy ring. Okay. Yeah. In the meantime, 
Ja- uh, Davy does not want to shoot. So Jack Flack does something, and I hate, hate. I even as a kid, I knew this was wrong. Yeah. Jack Flack appears visible to the bad guy. Bad yeah. guy shoots him, and of course it goes through him because Jack Flack isn't there. Davy freaks out, pops him once. He goes into the river. He's dead. Oh, and Jack that Flack, water, man. yeah, and then yeah, that water would probably dissolved the body. I mean, it was considering how dirty it was. Davy says, "Oh my God, I really killed him," and that's where it's clear things have gone sour for Davy. And Jack Flack says, "Don't worry, you've won the game." And he says, "I don't want to play." Takes out his little Jack Flack figurine, stomps it, and immediately Jack Flack starts to bleed to death. And he says, "You're the best playmate I ever had." Oh. When Davy's dad was a kid, did Jack Flack look like his dad? Maybe that was Agent X. I don't know. <laughs> Again, two, 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 two lines would, two have, lines. would have answered you know the what? question. If this were remade today, it would be a two-hour film. Yeah. And they would delve into that, the idea that, well, I... Because remember, remember, Dad does make a... In the, in the scene at the beginning in Davy's rooms, I said, I used to believe... I used to play these games, too. Yeah. I used to have an imaginary friend, too. There would be more connection there. Yeah. But here it's just a line here and a line there. But again, we forget that in... It's a throwaway summer kids movie. It's a, yeah. Whereas these days, we expect more. Like, that's why Stranger Things is such a hit. It appeals to kids our age, who are now in their 40s and 50s, <laughs> but who want more. I've never seen Stranger Things. You've totally got it. It's amazing. Um, anyway, Guy is dead. Jack Flack is gone. Next thing we know... Um, Davy's trying to hustle to the airport, airport yeah. his friend from the bomb. Davy's dad meets Kim's mom. Oh my God, something's really wrong. They call the police because now clearly is something. They know yeah, something's wrong. Something's actually up. Davy tries to get on the bus. This is the scene from the same uh, street where he yep, flew through the cafeteria. They're back in the street. Yep. Yeah. He goes, to, which is clearly Skid Row. How do we know that? Because they're playing saxophone music in the background and we see two hookers. He goes to a... Uh, a taxi driver says, I don't have money, but I'll pay you. And it's Louis B. Anderson. Yes, it is too. And it's not meant to be, hey, look, there's Louis B. Anderson. No, that was too, too early. That was his start. It was his start. It's just an extra. He's got two lines. Yeah. He goes to the next uh, the next taxi driver says, yeah, sure, kid, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Let's because go. remember at one point he says, maybe we should get you to the hospital. Because remember, he tripped and he hurt yeah. his leg. And remember we said, it's actually pretty realistic that this random taxi driver would give him a ride. Here's a kid. Out at 11.30 or 11.47, I think we saw was the time on the uh, on his watch, because they keep showing the kid's watch. Here's a kid who's injured, who's in a sketchy part of town, who wants to go to the airport to meet with someone. It's actually perfectly reasonable yeah. that a decent cab driver would say, yeah, sure, what the heck, get, in. What, get yeah. in. In the meantime, Kim has arrived at the airport. She's trying to get the authorities to stop the plane. They drag her into the airport police station where they interrogate her. Davy arrives. The only one left alive who knows there's a bomb in that walkie talkie. Yeah, is exactly. Yeah, he has her page to the front desk. That's where he's, you know they start to make the connection. He immediately runs to the gate where the flight is going to board. He tries the old ploy, Mom, Dad, don't, don't leave, leave me. me. And the cop says, Ma'am, could you come over here? But he has a cartridge. Hey, I'm sorry, son. You just have to go around and wait your turn. Who are you with anyway? Mom, Dad, please don't leave me. There you, folks. Just a minute there, folks. Uh, would you mind coming back here, please? Not Plane's already boarding. It'll wait. Let's get this straightened out first. Transcon flight six from Miami, Atlanta, is now arriving at gate 17. Is this your boy? <laughs> Do we look like we could have a boy that age? You putting me on, son? No, sir. I can prove that, my folks. How? Look inside that bag over there, and you'll find one of my game cartridges. Cloak and dagger. 
The old man panics, grabs the gun. Kim comes out of the office. Yep. Sees Davy. Davy grabs the walkie-talkie out of her bag. Now he has the bomb. Yeah. The hostage situation happens. He keeps trying to yell, there's a bomb. But again, what are parents there to be? The no wall. Yeah. Even these old people are like, shut up, kid. All they had to do was let him finish the goddamn sentence or listen to him to begin with because he does get it out at one point. There's a bomb in the the radio. Oh, does he? And he, but they don't care. They don't listen. In 80s movies, no one listens to kids. The 80s, no one listened to kids. Yeah, okay. Today, they don't either, but... Um, more I always listen to kids when they talk to me because oh, maybe that's just us yeah maybe it's just us yeah maybe because we grew up with 80s films and yeah. we knew what happens when you don't listen to kids don't listen to kids the world explodes the world's ex- the planes blow up the dragon eats you listen to kids man anyway they get dragged onto the plane dad of course is in his air force uniform pretends to be the pilot gets onto the plane there's a struggle the old people realize there's a bomb the bomb, at one point, remember, we ran the timer when it was when it was 1 minute yeah. 32, I started a stopwatch. The plane doesn't actually blow up till like, 2.50 or something Yeah, it, like was, all, it was double. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the bomb clock was made by the same people who made the temple door from the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. A little up, up a, a little. little. Yeah. Down a little. Slow, up a little. speed up, slow, go back. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Dad pushes Davy out the, you know, the, the cockpit Drops window. out the window, and he's fine. And there's fine. There's an explosion. And then out of the explosion walks... What is clearly the silhouette a of Jack Fork. Yep. Yeah. You could see just because of the, um, the leather spy suit, collar is popped, and the beret. I gotta, I gotta remember what the name of that suit is. It's driving me insane. I don't know, but it's, it's the spy suit is what it yeah. is. And then we, the camera cuts back to Davy, and then cuts back to the explosion, and now immediately it's Davy's dad. Yep. Today, special effects would slowly blur it. But yeah. they just didn't have the money they for just that. Cut away and cut back, uh, well, yeah. as we discovered, it had no budget at all. <laughs> and um, and then we realized it's dad. Yeah! How'd you escape? Jack Flack always escapes. I don't need him anymore. I've got you, Dad. Jack Black always escaped. And the music And then rises. the credits roll. And the credits roll. And that's it. There's nothing else. No cutscene or nothing. No, that's there's it. No, there's nothing. Is there an is there a mid credit scene? Nope. Oh wait, no, it's not nope. a Marvel Say film. So. This is a good movie. I like this movie. The problems we're spotting with it are because it's twenty twenty three. I want our we are hovering at the age fifty mark. Quiet you. <laughs> Shut up. I'm forty seven. I'm in forty eight now. Shut few up. Months. Okay, grandma. Shut up. <laughs> I hope, I hope you're not a grandma. Your kid is 10. <laughs> no, I'm not a grandma. Yeah, no, that, would, no, that no. would be problematic for several reasons. But um, this, is a good, this is a good movie. You could show this to your boy, and I think... I probably will. Oh, there you go. So it's, uh, it's a really good movie. Yeah. I like it. You should show this to your kid. Again, you can show it off of freaking YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah. No, it's just um, suspend disbelief and have fun for an hour and a half. You know what? There is very little in this that is beyond belief. Really. Other than Jack Flack appearing to the bad guy in the end. There's nothing that happens that is unrealistic for an 80s kid, more or less, with the exception of like yeah, you know, getting ish. on a bus at, yeah. at 1130. Okay, whatever. But for 99% of the time, other than the no yeah. wall, which all parents are in 80s films, yes. these kids go places that it is perfectly reasonable over the summer. They could just go. Yep. These parents are absentee in the 80s, at least in movies. The most unrealistic thing is the bat- the way the batteries hold up on those uh, walkie-talkies. There's no way those double... And you know those are like D-cell batteries. Yeah, they definitely didn't last for 24 hours. Yeah, also there's no way those radios could transmit halfway across San Antonio. Aw. Sorry. 
I had the Fisher Price ones as a kid, and you were lucky if you could get to the other end of your house. Oh, we had Mo- cans and string. Yeah, mostly it's just two kids screaming at each other from a distance. Can yeah. you hear me? Yes. yes, but not through this. But this is a this is a cut above most kids' films in that era. Yeah, I, I like argue. it. Yeah. It's really well done. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's so, still a good kids' film. Yeah. Unless you got anything else you want to add. Jack Black always escapes. Yeah. I'm Jack, told, I'm Jack told, Flack. Jack Flack. Flack yeah, Jack Black is an actor. Okay, so let's uh, let's leave it there.